God's word is holy and infallible and is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is also the rule of faith and life by which we are to live by. And to give honor to the word of the Lord, I want us to stand as we are able, stand as we are able to read verses 39 through the end of the chapter of Luke 2. Luke 2, starting at verse 39. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning after spending the full number of the day of days the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem but his parents were unaware of it but supposing him to be in the caravan and went away a day's journey they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances when they did not find him they returned to Jerusalem according looking for him Then after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. Let's pray together. We thank you, our beloved God, our holy triune creator, for revealing unto us this intimate portion of your character, especially in the person and work of Jesus our Lord. Help us, we pray, to understand and to believe these things that we have read in your holy word and build us up by means of this, your word. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. That blasphemous false prophecy known as the Koran says that Jesus was able to interact with a normal, mature conversation while yet a newborn baby. Uh, This is found in Surah 19. By the way, I had a nightmare by reading the Koran last night. Uh, So, I don't know. Maybe maybe if you could read it, read it in the morning. Don't read it before you go to bed. So, according to Surah 19, Mary carried Jesus or took Jesus to her own people. And then one of the relatives looked at Mary and they said, How can we talk to someone who is an infant in the cradle? Jesus, the baby Jesus in the cradle, said, 
I am the true servant of Allah. He has destined me to be given the scripture and to be a prophet. He has made me a blessing wherever I go and bid me to establish prayer and give alms tax as long as I live. You think that sounds like the word of Christ, either young Christ or older Christ at all? I don't think so. Well, maybe next he got up out of the crib and started helping his father build a house. This is a strange piece of fiction. And the reason we find this as contrary to Holy Scripture is because that's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that both in verse 40 and verse 52 of today's text that Jesus increased in wisdom. The Quran claims that Jesus didn't have to increase in wisdom. He was able to hold a theological discourse while yet in the crib. But there's only one record of the infancy and the childhood of Jesus that we should follow, and that's the one given to us by the holy prophets and apostles with Jesus Christ as that cornerstone of truth, this holy Bible. That's the one we look to. Uh, verse 39 gives us, gives us a little bit of a context of what happened prior. Uh, it says, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. Let's look back at some of the context. Look at verses uh, 22 and 24. It says, And when the days for their purification, that is the purification of both Jesus and Mary, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him, that is Jesus, up to the Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law, Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now they offered the offering of the poor because they couldn't afford a lamb, um, in, while in the temple and performing this fulfillment of the law, Simeon, a man, a holy man of God, not necessarily a priest, or, but he was, I would say, a New Testament prophet, Simeon came and blessed the child. He asked permission to hold the child, picked him up, blessed him, and, and also gave a prophecy concerning the child to Mary. Then Anna comes, another holy saint waiting for the redemption of the Lord. Anna comes, and then she, in verse 38, she continued to speak of him, that is Jesus, to all those who were also looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So we get to today's text. The focus is how we are to witness Jesus increasing in wisdom and stature. We are to witness how Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. We'll look at this in two main points. How Jesus developed... And secondly, Christ's calling to messianic ministry. Let's look at this first main point, how Jesus developed. Verse 40 says, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This verse here encompasses 12 years of the life of Jesus, summarized in one verse. Not much is told about what happened during these years, um, but we have to be able to accept that Scripture is silent concerning these things. But, you know, some, some Christians are not happy with that. 
I, you know, I don't like the fact that there's nothing about what Jesus was like when he was a, a little boy. I think we're going to make a movie about it because it needs to be told. And that's why somebody produced this movie called The Young Messiah. Now, I have problems with that movie because uh, that movie puts a lot of words in the mouth of Jesus that Jesus did not say. That, that movie also puts a lot of actions in the life of Jesus that he did not do. Um, and I think that's adding to Holy Scripture, isn't it? Verse 40 says that the child continued to grow and become strong. Let's back up a little bit. Imagine Jesus as a newborn when he first came into the world. He has to be like other newborns. Jesus had to learn how to roll to the left and roll to the right. He had to learn how to um, be able to crawl. He had to learn how to be able to walk. All these things he had to develop in doing. As a pre-adolescent, later on, Jesus learned the trade of carpentry. Maybe he learned it as a little boy, even before his pre-adolescence. But he learned the trade of carpentry because his father was a carpenter. And that was a very physical occupation whereby he also grew in strength. Verse 40 says that the child increased in wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Jesus had to learn how to speak. He had to learn how to read. I, I firmly believe that this was, he didn't come speaking perfect Hebrew and Greek and then Aramaic and all that stuff all from the womb. Those things had to be learned. Now, keep this in mind. Jesus Christ, even Adam and Eve, after their fall, their minds became affected by sin. But Jesus Christ was the only man, human being, that ever dwelt on this planet with a flawless brain throughout his entire life. His brain was not affected by the, by the fall. It's often termed in Scripture a sin when people forget God. When Jesus read Scripture, he didn't forget what he read. He remembered it because it had a great familiarity to him because he was the one through whom the Scripture came. Now, Jesus Christ increased in wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Uh, when he was a carpenter, he learned math in order to do the carpentry. He learned problem-solving through that skill. But Jesus, as he was taught the, the Scriptures, he grasped, I believe, always, 100% of the time, the correct interpretation. There is not one preacher on this planet that has always had the correct interpretation of every Scripture on the entire planet, except Jesus Christ. Every scripture he read and every scripture he taught on, he gave the authoritative interpretation. Now, when Jesus read the scriptures, he grasped his role that he was the truly the eternal Son of God who took on flesh. Imagine Jesus reading this passage. It's printed there in your outline, Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, you are our potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. You could say this is a general sense, whereas especially the covenant people can say that God is our Father. But Jesus Christ, when he read passages such as this, he realized that in a very special way, God was his Father and not Joseph. 
It was revealed to him. Now, I'm confident, I'm confident that Mary did not say, did you know that you were born through the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit? I think that these things, oftentimes we read that Mary treasured these things in her heart, and she very likely did not have to tell Jesus these things for him to understand that Joseph was not his natural father. Today's text speaks about the humiliation of Jesus Christ in fulfilling the offices of prophet, priest, and king. Imagine this, Jesus the great lawgiver, himself having to be placed under the law. In the beginning of the text, or in the beginning of the chapter earlier, it says that even before he had awareness, as a little babe, he had to go to the temple, and everything according to the law, that is the ceremonial law, had to be done for his purification. Jesus placed himself under the law. But John 1, 3 also says that through him, the eternal Son of God, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. It's through the Lord Jesus, well, it's through the the work of the triune God that the human body was designed and created. Yet Jesus himself had to take on human flesh and become a very dependent baby for a time. And that speaks of his humiliation. Now, as Jesus grew in awareness of his messianic calling by reading the Holy Scripture and his being the Son of God, it leads us to our next point, Christ's calling to messianic ministry. Christ's awareness of his calling as Messiah first came about in an obvious way that we can see in this chapter when he was 12 years old and traveling with his family to uh, Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. Look at verses 41 and following again. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the Feast of Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went away a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. Now, if I don't know if I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I, some of you may have lost a child in some various places, maybe a festival or something like that. Um, um, my parents actually lost me in the Acadiana Mall in Lafayette. And uh, they lost me for hours. And uh, they, they didn't find me until I was riding on the back of the police officer. You know, that way when you go back and forth down the halls, they could see this little kid, this little, a little bitty kid who looked like he was like eight feet tall, you know. Um, so that's, that's what happened when I was a kid. But you can understand how somebody might lose a kid in the mall. But to lose him and not know he's there for a whole day? Now, how do we make, how do you, how did they lose Jesus for almost a whole day? Look at what the text says. The group was traveling in a caravan. It was made up of family and relatives. Now, they did this for greater safety. And then they supposed Jesus to be among the caravan. And you know, young people, they don't want to hang with mom and daddy. They want to hang with their cousins, right? So, or some other relatives, maybe. Maybe the fun uncle or the fun aunt and uncle. You know, but that's what they were assuming. They were assuming he's with the other family or friends. 
And then they started really looking for him. And then you can imagine their anxiety, worrying about the lost Jesus. It says, when they found him, uh, later on in verses uh, 46 and 49, this was when Jesus uh, made his calling and true identity more evident. Look at verses uh, 46 through 49. Then after three days, now three days of looking, that's a long time. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Now, here in verse 49, when Jesus says, Why is it that you were looking for me? And he mentions the word you again. Both times, it's in the plural. So yes, it records Mary talking to him, but his answer was not just to Mary. He was answering both his mother and his father. Maybe he was answering another, other people who might have been with, the, with Mary and Joseph. But there, notice there's also a difference in translation. Um, it has here, in the New American Standard, his father's house, in my father's house. But if you have the New American Standard in, in italics, by the way, that's very useful if you have it, because... Whenever you see a word in the New American Standard as italics, it means that it's supplied. It's not actually in the original language. Um, the other translation is um, in the New King James and the King James, uh, Jesus says in those translations, about my father's business. Now, they're, what they're doing here is that because the original language seems to have a blank here, they have to, they have to use the context to interpret what he was in. If, if, I guess if you translated this way, maybe ultra-literally, ultra did you not know that I had to be in my father's? Father's something. Well, you have to assume what his father's what? Father. Well, they were looking for him for days. And the, the big question was, where was Jesus for three days? Therefore, the, the big answer is, here Jesus was in my father's house because he's in the temple. I think that's the accurate translation. Jesus at 12 had an awareness, again, that, G, that Joseph was not his true father. It says here that he's speaking of the God of the temple as his father. He was aware in this passage at the age 12 that he was the son of God. Now, when entering the temple... I believe that Jesus Christ felt that this was his place of true belonging, more so than his home back in Galilee. Now, as the Son of God developed in his awareness that he came down from heaven, he learned that he came not to do his own will, but to do the will of the Father of God who sent him, according to John 6. But even at the age of 12, all who heard him, who heard this 12-year-old Jesus, were amazed at his understanding and his answers, according to verse 47. This is a, pre, a, a prelude to what would come later. In Matthew 7, it says that the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was 
A te- he was teaching them as one having authority, not as their scribes. Again, Jesus, in every answer that he gave to these in the temple, was a flawless, beautiful, perfectly interpreted scripture. Because he was the eternal Son of God, and I believe it's impossible for him to teach error, even at the age of 12. Now, Mary seemed to be the only one with some semblance of true understanding, even though not a perfect understanding. Look at verses uh, 50 and 51. But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them when he said he's about had to be about uh, serving in his father's house. And it says, But he, that is Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. Now, Jesus had to be sub- subject to his um, earthly parents in this regard because he had to perfectly obey the fifth commandment. Otherwise, he was disqualified from being uh, the true sinless Messiah. But this is a part I want you not to pass away, uh, pass up. His mother, when she heard the words of Jesus, says... She treasured all these things in her heart. Do you treasure these things in your heart? Is Jesus Christ your greatest treasure? Now, we're not going to turn there for sake of time, but Jesus mentions himself as being the great pearl beyond all price. Jesus Christ mentions the kingdom of God being like a treasure hidden in a field, wherein a man would be willing to sell all that he has to purchase that field. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the treasure of Holy Scripture. Is he your treasure? Are you willing to set aside all for the sake of Christ? I hope that is your case this morning. Jesus, according to today's text, uh, is witnessed unto us as increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He grew in the grace of God in his understanding of who he truly was. Again, Jesus didn't speak uh, perfectly while in yet the crib and doing carpentry while still yet a newborn. Uh, He had to grow in wisdom and in stature, that is, in in height and strength. But a large part of his humiliation is his being a helpless child for a time. But that he did fulfill as a perfect prophet, priest, and king. Jesus understood in a greater fashion, especially at the age of 12, his calling to messianic ministry. He grew in his understanding that he was the Holy Son of God and the Holy Messiah as he developed in his wisdom and knowledge of the Scriptures. Now what's most important is about your awareness. Are you aware, do you have saving faith that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? But not only that, that he is your Savior. If Jesus Christ is, is your save is not your savior you have no hope in this life or in the life to come put your faith and trust 
in Jesus Christ, that he would be your greatest treasure, for it's only through him that you may have eternal life. Let's pray together. Our beloved God, we pray that you would help us to understand and receive and to have this great, wonderful awareness of who you are, O God, and who your beloved Son is, Jesus our Lord, that we would receive him and believe in him, that we would trust in him as our Lord and our Savior, that we would receive him as the true one and only Messiah and Savior for sinners. Help us, we pray, to treasure him in our hearts, as did Mary. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. For our hymn of dedication, we'll turn to 401. 401. Now, this is a new hymn that we haven't sung in here before. It's a Holy Spirit of Messiah. We'll sing stanzas one through three, and Denise will play it through once first. 401. <laughs> 